Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She's an Olympic champion, a world champion, a European champion. Uh, she, if, if there's a meet, she's probably won it. Uh, today, we are sitting down with sprinting legend, Renomi Kromoyoyo. Hello. <laughs> Renomi, it's it's great to sit down and chat with you. I'm glad we could make this work. Uh, I want to start off with the 2020 ISL bubble in Budapest. Uh, you were once again a member of Team Iron. Um, overall, how did you feel about this uh, pretty unique six-week experience? Well, my ISL experience was amazing. Um, after like a tough year, 2020 was for everyone a a big challenge and a tough year and uh, I, I kind of didn't expect it to be that awesome. Uh, I was really looking forward to races and race um, against my international competitors and uh, well besides the racing I had so much fun um, so it was truly amazing. It was like a big one. Well let's say before I went to Budapest I was kind of um, well I didn't knew for sure like how it would be for six or five weeks in a bubble so i expected it would be much harder um but time flew by and um yeah i, I had lots of fun yeah the start with the pre-budapest were you able to prepare in a way that you wanted to i know everyone's situation was pretty different with pool times and out of the pool training um did you feel prepared to be racing going into budapest um yeah yeah i think the previous months before isl uh for me was was quite good um i had a not that long um summer break because of covid of course so we trained like all, all summer and then we had a pretty tough, um, uh, well, training, training month, end of August, beginning of September. So I didn't, uh, came into Budapest all rested, but I think that that's same for a lot of, lot of other swimmers. Um, but I cannot complain about uh, the, the, yeah, how I felt going into the Budapest bubble. Yeah. And, and then moving through it just physically as an athlete, um, you're used to racing a lot in a little, in, in a very short time span, but what was that like, you know, especially some it, towards the end of the bubble, I think a lot of teams had like two days on two days off of racing. Um, how did, how did you move through those competition weeks? Uh, it's pretty intense and you know, the, the competition is just two days. It's just two hours. Um, so just two hours with a lot of racing, like really a lot, but the rest of the day I'm kind of free and I didn't do like really um, hard training sessions in between the, the competitions. Um, but I have had to have to say that after five weeks or I think after three and a half, I started to get a little bit fatigued and um, yeah, I, I, I was kind of, uh, tired but also excited so that was like on the one side I, I was getting a little bit tired 
And then on the other side, I was really excited making the semifinals. Um, so I think because of the excitement, I, I managed to uh, perform well and, and swim fast races. Yeah. The, so you said three and a half weeks in, you are getting a little fatigued. How do you manage that? Um, or what adjustments do you make moving forward into that, especially into that semifinal meet? Obviously, we were not like the, the favorite to, to make the finals even or to win the finals. So it was our job to make the semifinals and then make the best of it. Um, for me, my goal was to like to try to uh, swim every meet a little bit faster or, or better. Um, depend, depends on the races and the events I swam. Um, to be honest, I expected it like that I would grow into the, the five weeks of racing. That didn't happen. Um, so it kind of was like every competition there was, there were one or two races that went really well. Um, but for me, I expected it to be like going uh, per, per competition better. Um, but I think that that has to do with, uh, had, had to do with, um, yeah, with the fatigueness and little bit tiredness and maybe I yeah I don't know so the the meets were a little sporadic racing wise um but then outside of the pool tell me tell me about the did you establish a routine in the bubble for those five weeks that you were there just outside of competition yeah 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 um before I uh, went to Budapest I got like the training schedules for my home coach so I knew what to do uh, for the five weeks kind of training so um with like in my head it wouldn't be like a big five-week taper party but we had to do some serious <laughs> stuff uh during the the trip so we we needed to work on my uh well on the training mm -hmm. so i did of course a lot of training but besides that i i expected it to be a little bit um lonely and you had to be like on your room the whole time and be on your own the whole time but it turned out like after a couple of days and after some testing that, um, well, I think all the teams, they, they grew uh, to each other. And for, for, yeah, for my experience, Team Iron, uh, who are most of the swimmers are really like from different countries and uh, maybe uh, they didn't know each other before. Uh, we grew like one big team and that was really special. Um, I know some teams, they're like, um, for example, Team Energy, uh, half of the team is already training together and that's not the case with, um, with Iron. But after five weeks, we were just like, well, one big family. So that was really, really, really nice. So Team Iron was able to build a really strong bond. And what were some of the ways that facilitated you guys growing as a team? Um, well, I think because we are like the majority was European and kind of individual swimmers. So I think none of the swimmers or most of the swimmers weren't waiting for like doing team building activities every day, but we try to do some like once or twice a week. And then I think the, the competitions, the meets, they made it like we were a real team. So um, when you weren't racing, stand in the box and cheer for your teammates. And that's 
for me, for example, I'm not used, well, I'm used to cheering, of course, but I'm not, uh, haven't been like a college swimmer like US college. So we're not used to kind of doing the dual meets and stuff. Um, so that's, that's, I think, big difference with the meets I usually do uh, for like, for the national team, swimming for the national team, and you're just focusing on your own individual race. Um, this was quite the opposite, like cheering for your team, uh, how bad you feel, how good you feel, how tired you are, uh, just race and then run back to the, to the team box to cheer for your teammates, um, which gave me a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And are, are you someone who's kind of used to operating, um, especially in the swimming sphere, uh, more independently or, or, or alone? Um, yes and no. So I think I'm kind of swimmer who, well, I'll manage both. Like I can really be a team player, but I also manage to, to be, um, to swim on my own. I think it's what I've always done, like swim the individual races, but I, I've always been a part of the, the national team relay, the 4 by 100 freestyle relay. So I'm used to being part of the team. And yeah, I think not all the swimmers are used to being part of the team. Um, how crazy that might sound maybe for Americans. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, so I think yes and no. Well, and I think it's really cool that the, you know, that the ISL exists now because so many more swimmers get to have that team experience because like you said, in the U S I think college swimming is like the top. That's like why people swim here is to go yeah. to college swimming and be a part of that, have that team experience. Um, do you like just normally, do you train with a team or do you have yeah. training partners? Yeah, I'm quite with a, a quite big team in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Um, the team is about like, 14 people um we do have the open water group with four guys they're kind of a bit separated now they do a kind of different training than i do but we have a really big team uh, big group so i i never train on my own um one of my teammates is femke heemskerk also the dutch freestyle champion so yeah no i i never swim on my own no wouldn't think about it no <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Was, that was kind of my next question is like, have you always had big teams or do you enjoy having that big environment to train with? Yeah, I think, well, when I started as a kid, of course I was uh, uh, swimming for a club. So mm. I was doing competitions for the club. And then since um, I was 18, when I became like a pro and moved to Eindhoven. And since then the team is, I think, average between six and 10 people uh, swimmers um, and I really do need teammates I wouldn't think of doing uh, the laps on my own and uh, of course when you are swimming compared with other sports you cannot speak and talk and well chat and listen to your coach but I need other people uh, during training and not just for when it's hard and to encourage me but also just having fun and well, yeah. Yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. Are you, are you able to train somewhat normally now in these last few months, I guess, maybe since ISL, uh, with, I, I don't know what the restrictions are like in the Netherlands right now. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. We are really fortunate because um, we are still in lockdown or again in a lockdown and the pools are still closed. Well, they're again, they're closed. But for the pro athletes, they are open. So we are able to train, to go to the pool and um, to the gym and doing our groceries. And that's kind of it. So it's, we can do our job and uh, social life is kind of uh, boring right now, but that doesn't matter. I, I, I really feel very lucky. I, I'll be able to, to swim now. Yeah. Has, has your training changed much? You know, you are able to swim. Has, has the routine changed a lot just in terms of what you're doing in the pool on a week to week basis? Um, last year it did. Uh, I think, uh, in March we were out of the water and then I think we were for like six weeks out of the water. And when we went back to training again, I, um, did a lot of high intensity training and also did some cycling or spinning at home. So I swam for like, uh, six sessions a week instead of 10, nine, 10 is the average I'm doing. Um, and we continued with that until, until ISL, um, actually. So we did lots of, yeah, high intensity and not that many meters. Um, and I think after ISL, well, after ISL, we had competitions and we had to prepare for the Olympic trials, the Dutch Olympic trials. And then it was Christmas break. I had a really long Christmas break, uh, for about three weeks. So in January, we started last, last month, we started with like normal um, routine again. So uh, some aerobic swimming, but for me as a sprinter, it's not that much. So I, I can't say it's like a lot, but sometimes for me, four and a half K or five K feels a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot <laughs> for sprinters. Um, yeah, I'm living with open water swimmers, so I'm... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a sprinter. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Was, was there a specific reason you took that extended three week break during Christmas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because we trained, uh, during the summer and we had only like one week, uh, summer break. And usually I have kind of three weeks summer break. Uh, but we wanted to use that time for the, for the trials or trials Olympic uh, qualifying uh, champs uh, in December mm -hmm. so after that um, well it wasn't a plan to do a long break but I felt like I needed a long break because Olympics are in the summer so I had a lot of time to prepare for Olympics so uh, three weeks off is for me it's that's no problem I, I really enjoyed and I don't miss swimming um, no I really enjoyed my Christmas break yeah, I was going to ask, are you the kind of person who <clears throat> will like stay fit or stay, stay active? Or are you just like, no, I'm not doing any physical activity for three weeks. Like I won't think about it at all. Well, I'm not the type of person who can like sit on the couch for the whole week and watching movies or TV shows or something. So I cannot um, lay down or sit still uh, for a whole day long. Um but I think, well, I'm easily, uh, easily a week can go by without swimming for me. That's no problem. And yeah, I think um, I do like exercise a little bit on the land, doing dry lands, um, I walk a little bit and cycle a little bit. 
uh, the Dutch people like love to cycle. So uh, being outside, but I didn't miss the swimming. Uh, I really needed to reload and uh, prepare for the summer. So uh, three weeks without swimming makes like the, well, I'm really uh, reloaded again and really, really sharp and really, um, yeah, to say it in English, like really willing to um, well, train fast for the, and train hard for the summer. Yeah. Uh, so now that you're back in training, do you have a normal cycle of, okay, Monday morning is going to be aerobic work and Tuesday afternoon will be sprint, you know, power and Wednesday's hundred pace. Um, do you, do you have like, do you kind of know what you're going to do day to day? Um, yes and no. I think, um, like we do have the, um, um, like the, the, the periods of time when it's kind of like on Monday morning, we have like a long session or in the mornings we have technique and in the, um, uh, evening sessions, we have like more build-up paces and that's kind of what I've done for like all my my life or all my career so I think the the, the harder practices are in um, the the evening um, sessions and technique and skills is in the morning um, but I can't say that it's like that I know uh, that it's like a routine and I know what I'm gonna do every day um, and it's changing changing every year maybe not like every year but every now and then because well I've I'm in the national team for about, I don't know, 15 years right now. So if I'm, if I would do like every day the same or every, uh, well, routine for every week the same uh, for 15 years, it, it's not, that's not my type of workout. So I need to be like, um, um, yeah, I don't know how to say it, but I, I, I don't have to know what, what kind of training I'm doing. Of course, I, I need to. I want to know if it's going to be a tough training or if I have to pre- prepare for it, but not exactly like how many meters or what what's the set or something. Yeah, I as I mentioned before, as you just mentioned, you've you've been doing this for so long, and it's such a high level for so long. You've been on the national team for fifteen years. Um, I'm kind of wondering. I know I heard in an interview recently with you that you know there's a, there's a life beyond swimming. And, you know, that's going to come eventually. Um, and I wonder how you balance that, that life now, you know, with still swimming, but also just with being Renomi the human. Um, do you think there have been points in your career where you've, the training hasn't been there or training has been not, not at your best level, but you're still able to compete because you're in a good place mentally, or do you think, when you're in a good place mentally, that always leads to good training and performances. Um, no, no, not at all. Of course, I have some. I had some periods where training was not like on my best, but I think swimming for like 25 years or 20 years, and I don't know, 15 or 12 years on international level. Um, when you do that, you cannot expect to be. Well, you might expect to be at your best every time and perform at your best every time and every year and every season. But, um, well, you're going to figure out that sometimes you win and sometimes and even more times you lose. And then you're going to ask yourself the question, well, what's, 
what's winning for me is winning just like winning the gold medal or swimming a record or is winning maybe doing the best I can and the best performance I can do at that moment. And I think that's more the terms I'm focusing about now. Um, so of course I want to win gold medals and want to break world records, but it's uh, the way to achieve that is just to focus on my own races, my own strategy and um, try to be my, well, to be at my own best. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's with ups and downs, that's life. And um, yeah, some people, they expect it to always be at your best. And I think as a pro athlete, you have to strive to be at your best. Um, but then you have to accept that sometimes someone else might be better. Um, but then again, don't give up. I think that's, well, in a quick answer, that's my, that, that's it. Like, don't give up and um, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But after all these years, the most important thing is having fun and enjoying swimming. And that's what I'm doing. And if I would be going to the pool for months or for weeks without any fun and with, with a lot of uh, hesitation, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be chatting with you right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm really loving what I'm doing. Um, and I feel really fortunate to have this life. Um, yeah, so I'm really, really happy. And there's still a, a big fire burning in, myself, in, in, my, in me uh, about swimming my best race. Uh, that's that's still to come but then on the other side I'm, I'm I know there's a life after swimming and that doesn't scare me it's um well I I I, I don't know what it's going to be but it doesn't scare me so that's a good thing also yeah yeah so I I want to dive a little deeper into this because I I love a lot of the things that you just said uh the first being were there moments have there been moments throughout your career that you can kind of point to and say this you know th these these were periods that helped me redefine that definition of what success or what you know winning means to me um i think for me to point at two moments in my career the first one is winning uh, double gold at the 2012 olympics in london uh, winning the 50 and 100 free was like my dream coming true and winning uh well like like what you dream of as a little child but at that moment i didn't went crazy and and it was because i didn't swim my best race even of the season but i didn't swim like a personal best or didn't well i didn't perform really well um as like as the race and I was taught to swim a good race. And that's the difference between winning a race or swimming a good race. And well, in the Olympics of 2012, I was well really happy I won. Um, and then four years later, um, I was like the defending champion and I didn't win any medal, but I saw my best races of the season. And so it was quite the opposite. Um, so I really felt after the Olympics, I had to explain, um, yeah, I had to explain to the press or the media, like, uh, why didn't you just grab two more gold medals and bring home for your country? Kind of, that kind of thing. And yeah, 
like, yeah, of course I wanted to win. Um, but I didn't swim bad. I didn't swim bad races. And um, so 2012 and 2016 were like opposite Olympics for me. And after 2016, I was really like, but what does make you happy? And when are you satisfied? And that's, that's like a really tough question for an athlete. When are you truly satisfied? Yeah, maybe with gold, but then you win gold and maybe you're still not satisfied. Or are you even ever going to be satisfied? And I think you have to be, um, you have to enjoy the little moments, like the little uh, victories. So maybe um, surviving the third round of the ISL skins or something, or swimming a PB on 50 back, something like that. And that kind of, maybe not very important things, but that kind of little moment gives me, they give me joy in swimming and in my life. I mean, I, I mean that's really what I wanted to um, get at is because I think for, for swimmers who might be listening to this, swimming is sold is like, all right, gold medal is the standard, right? Or like, this is what's going to bring you happiness or joy. And within swimming, there's so many things to take joy from, to take, to, to take away is, oh, this, this can make me, bring me happiness or bring me joy. My next question was going to be, you know, can you point to some of those little moments? Like you said, third round of skins, 50 back TB. It's like, even on the big stages, like at a world championships or at a nationals, it's like, that. do the, do some of those meets stick out to you? as maybe not having gone the best by the standards of like going best times or winning, but you still took away a lot of joy from? Um, yes. And I think especially the last years, um, well, maybe after 2016, um, because in 08 in Beijing, I won a gold medal with a relay. And then in 2012, I won gold medal on my own. And then in 2016, I, kind of uh for me personally it didn't felt like that way but made feel like i didn't succeed so after that i really uh, became more aware of the road to a big tournament and enjoying the road and i think before that i was just focusing on on the main goal and i think um well everyone has their own way to succeed and to to well to go to that level and um, well, you can learn from the best, but you have to find your own way. And that's like, a, um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say it. It's like, a, a, um, you're always moving, like you're never um, sitting still. It's, it's like you're always going on. It's, it's like going on process. And um, well, I think I, I learned uh, during the last years that it's there's no one way to win gold whether it's like becoming olympic champion or swim a pb or something but everyone has their own way you have to find your own way what's working for you and um you're just gonna know that um by failing and get up and failing again and get up again and fight for it so yeah, you have to, everyone is struggling. I think that's, that's, that's also important to know for, especially the younger swimmers, um, that everyone is struggling and everyone is fighting a battle 
um, maybe not a big battle, but everyone has insecurities. And I mean, social, social media life can, can seem like a really per picture perfect. Um, well, I think my, my life doesn't seem like picture perfect, but I'm happy the way I am. And it's, it's fine. I really love the, the, the life I live and I, I, I don't have a reason to complain right now. And I'm really happy to be a, to be a professional swimmer and well, still keep going on. Yeah. Do, do you feel like the, the way you were brought up or how, how you, the environment you grew up in uh, was conducive to helping you have that attitude of, of gratitude and I'm happy with where I'm at now? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in a really um, safe and lovely environment with my mom and dad and older brother. And even though I'm not from a swimming family, um, so my father, he cannot swim. Um, <laughs> so that's, you don't need, you don't need to have to, you don't uh, need to have parents who are good swimmers to become a good swimmer. I know. Um, but I'm from a sports family and, um, I was raised to like, um, well, try to do your best always, but you also can be kind. And it's not like if you want to be a, successful you cannot be kind and that's like a mix which is really important to me um stay friendly but also you don't have to be shy if you don't have to stand in the shadow uh, you can step forward you can show your face uh, which is well i had to learn kind of had to learn that like okay come on it's good it's not bad to be in the spotlights you know um but well, my, my parents and my, yeah, I, I had a really good um, youth and still really good relationship with my family. So I, I, I'm really grateful for them, how they raised me. And um, yeah, being thankful is kind of things I was taught. Yeah. Yeah. And again, going back to this, this process of defining success in, in many different ways, um, do you, do you have certain people that have helped you along that way? Uh, just, just to lean on for support, maybe with the ups and the downs, um, and to help you kind of push you in, 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 in the direction you're going. Yeah, I think of course my parents and they're not, um, for certain, they are not my swim coaches. So they are, uh, they're not involved with the swimming kind of stuff, which is, when I became a grown up, it's easy to say, but when you are a kid, um, it's hard for your parents not to deal with training or personal best times or results at competitions. But they always manage to, well, not always, but I try to like keep the distance. I do have parents and I do have a swim coach and those are different kind of people. Um, but my parents always support me. And whether it's like, um, um, like a swimming success or not, they are always happy for me. And well, yeah, they, they hope um, for me the best. And I think uh, my coach um, until my coach in the London Olympic, Jacques Verharen, uh, he was the coach of Pieter van Hogeband and Inge de Bruin. Um, he kind of taught me to be not just a talented swimmer, but become like from a talented swimmer to a professional swimmer. And he learned a lot 
like not just to be a, become a professional streamer, but also how to deal with stuff. Um, I don't know how to combine school and swimming, that kind of stuff, how to be like, not just a swimmer, but also nice and decent person. Um, so I, um, I owe Shako a lot. He was like a big mentor to me. Um, yeah, and then throughout the years, I, um, I had some mentors and not only uh, in the swimming world. Uh, now I have a really good friend and he's not in, in the swimming world, um, but he helps me to like improve my, my um, human being side and to show me, he showed me kind of that there's, uh, there's maybe a whole career after swimming. And like the thought of maybe swimming is just a step to some, something bigger, something, uh, yeah, something bigger. That's, that's quite a big change of mindset. Um, well, maybe I speak too much, but I, I, I was always a swimmer and I was a talented swimmer. So people always said to me, like, you are Renomi, the talented swimmer, Renomi, the swimmer, Renomi, the swim champion or little swimming kid or something. And then at a certain point, you, you are the swimmer. That's who you are. So when you are not performing well as a swimmer, then what's left of you, kind of. Um, so, yeah, he taught me, like, it's being a swimmer is kind of like a really big part of who I am right now but it's not just who I am I'm a human being and um there's more there's more after swimming after the swimming career and um yeah that's that's a, that was a, a change of mindset and that helped me and gave me a lot gave and give, still gives me a lot of energy and because I I don't have to fear about well I don't have to fear about anything but I don't have to fear about what, what's coming after swimming or who am I without swimming, that kind of questions. I love that perspective. Um, and I have to, I have to ask if this particular person, um, this friend, were there, were there certain ways that they showed you, Hey, swimming might just be a, a stepping stone to something bigger. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, and I, I definitely wouldn't say like bigger as in um, like succeeding as in, I don't know, becoming famous or getting an international podium or maybe financial stuff. But knowing that I'm able to do more than just swimming and that I really don't mean by that to like just swimming. That's that might sa uh, sound really strange because swimming obviously now is the most important thing in my life but yeah I think I'm able to do more than swimming and that gives a lot of energy and um, the nice thing is that until the moment comes of uh, retiring um, when I speak out about another career or, or about well self-development um, you, you meet new people or like, I don't know what you, you, um, what you, I don't know, like kind of the energy you're sending, you get it back. And the energy I get back and the people I meet, they help me to become a better swimmer as well. 
So in the end, it's it's like a win-win situation. Uh, in terms of you know life after swimming, self development, like you just said, do you have hobbies, interests that you pursue now um, with the idea of hey, maybe I could pursue this even more after I'm done swimming? Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking about self development and doing, uh, knowing who you are and what do you like, what do you love, and um, reaching your goals and having like a fulfilling life. Finding out what your destiny is, I think that's my um, that's my thing for after swimming life. Um, I figured out so many people are struggling about things that we are not. Um, no one teaches us, uh, not our parents, and they don't teach us in school. Like, yeah, I don't know how how do you deal with stress and how do you deal with um, the high standards of modern life. Like you have to be successful in all kinds of things. Like, yeah, you have to be successful in everything uh, in a really short time and you have to look nice and you have to have nice friends and a social life and uh, good grades and everything. And then you have to be a swimmer and swim fast every weekend, but then you have to do everything right, but that's not life. And so many people and there so many young people like under 30 are sitting at home with a burnout um so obviously now this year a lot of people are sitting home unfortunately but i mean like um yeah so many people really don't know what's their destiny and they just living life um but really don't have the passion or the energy and they don't know how to deal with struggles and i really would love help uh, other people to find out like what's your destiny and how do you overcome um i don't know um a stress or panic or sleepless nights or worrying i mean everyone is worry worrying sometimes that's fine but do you really have to no you don't have to that's a choice and but it's easy said than done i mean yeah so I think the mental part is is um, is my uh, yeah is what what really um, well really um, intrigues me. So yeah, a lot of people ask me like, are you going to be a swim teacher or swimming coach? And I won't be a swimming coach like at the pool side for sure. I, I won't be, but maybe the mental side um, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I have to ask, you, you seem exceedingly carefree and not to say that you are, I'm sure, like you said, everyone has stresses and worries. Um, but especially through this last year, I think it's been particularly stressful for a lot of people. How do, how do you deal with stress or how, how maybe how have you developed ways to deal with stress in swimming and outside of swimming? Um, well, that, that's a good one inside and outside swimming. There are two different kinds of stresses for me, like things I can control and things I cannot control. And well, the things I can control, for example, well, I don't know, the effort I put in my training tomorrow morning, I can control or what um, I'm going to have for uh, breakfast tomorrow, I can control. 
But the fact if the Olympics will be this summer, I cannot control or the fact about the whole COVID situation, I cannot control. So I try to, um, I try to, um, um, yeah, how to say it in correct English. Um, well, accept the fact, accept the fact that I cannot control everything. Um, just control the controllable. And um, well, just maybe for some people, it's just a nice thought, a nice thought that everyone is struggling because sometimes it seems like some people are just perfect, but it's not. Well, it might be, <laughs> but um, no. And yeah, um, I'm not carefree, but I, I really don't like just to make a big deal of things. I, I don't like worrying. So I try not to worry a lot. No. Makes sense. <laughs> that's, uh... It's easier said than done. And that's, but that's the thing with the mental side or like um, mental training is also training and it needs practice. And um, people and especially athletes, they are putting so many hours in the pool or in the gym or something. And then they totally forget about the mental aspects of life. And yeah, if you ask like how many minutes or day you are aware of your thoughts or you are training your um well your mental care well-being yeah I don't, I don't think that's that's a lot um but it needs training just like you cannot ex expect to be uh a world record holder just when you start swimming that that takes a long time you you need to have practice for your mental side and well just try with one minute every day for about thinking about how your life's been, how your day was or so. That's maybe a, a nice exercise. Is I mean, that that's meditation, right? Yeah, yeah, it can be, yeah. Because I wouldn't say like I do, I'm doing meditation. Sometimes I do, but yeah, some people, some people call it mindfulness. And I think it's like being aware of what you do. And maybe it's about mindfulness is about like the split second of reacting or not, not reacting about a situation. So having the choice, whether you go um, start panicking or just like take a deep breath and realize you don't need to panic. Yeah. I, I like that phrase a lot. Um... Yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I sit for 10 minutes every morning and, um, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't like to use the phrase meditation. I think that has kind of a lot of weight in that word, but, yeah. um, but being mindful has been, especially in the last year, I think has helped me personally a lot, uh, with, with everything going on that you can't control. Like you said, yeah. so how do you practice, you know, these mental training, mindfulness? How do how do you practice these these uh, things? Um, well, I like to write, so I'm journaling, and it's not like I have a diary and I'm writing every day, but I'm writing every now and then, and it's sometimes it's about things I um, I did the day, and sometimes it's about thoughts or a book or a film I, I saw or read. 
Um, especially I'm writing about things that gives me energy. And I think that's really important about like being a, being a happy person, knowing what gives you energy and knowing what uh, costs you energy. And of course you cannot um, like um, uh, exit all the energy leaks, but sometimes you can like, of course, COVID and the whole lockdown situation is a big energy leak and I cannot control that. But what I do is, or what I don't do is like uh, watching the news every day and every hour and uh, try not to be on social media like a lot of times. Um, so I try to be, um, well, online, of course, and be well informed about what's going on in the world. But I think for me, it doesn't help me to, to watch the news every hour. It gives me a lot of stress and costs energy and the energy I want to put in my swimming training. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, especially... Yeah, this last year, I think the news has <laughs> can cost you a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, as well as inform you. But um, okay, last question. This is just pure curiosity. I I know you do read, or you're an avid reader. Um, do you have a favorite kind of literature or or books that you're into? Oh yeah, um, a lot about self development and. Yeah, but also like thrillers. I really like combine those two. So it's not always like the serious thing. And it's not about, not just only about becoming a better person, but during training camps or meets, I really love to uh, read a, um, a thriller just to like be in the book and don't care about anything else. Yeah, that's, that's, but Netflix can do as well the same, like just, chill and don't think about anything else <laughs> do you yeah. do you have something you've read lately that you've really enjoyed um okay here comes the uh, the worst thing like since the lockdown like i i haven't read that much in the in the last 12 months and that's really strange but it it seems to happen that i don't read that much when i'm at home uh, when I'm abroad on training camp or for meets, I can read like a book in two days. But when I'm at home, I'm just having other things to do. And then you can ask, yeah, but during the lockdown, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I have other kinds of stuff and I'm, <laughs> I'm not reading a book. So um, I didn't No, I have to think about. Yeah, even the fact that I have to think about it is... Um, well, two years ago, I didn't expect to give you this answer. So, um, no, <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No worries. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I really appreciate you sitting down to talk with me. Uh, any parting thoughts before we sign off today? Um, well, it was really nice to chat with you. And I hope I, uh, my English, I know I can't speak English, but I... Sometimes I'm searching for the words, so I hope it's it's easy to uh, hear and watch for the English and American uh, viewers. Um, but it was really nice talking to you, and it's well, even if I just inspired or helped one person, um, I'm really happy with it.
You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.